0: Welcome to Above and Below, a salt life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a salt life podcast. I'm Kieran Anderson, and I am frothing right now because we have Colin McPhillips on. It's been a long time coming. Uh, you've been traveling, uh, Going at it. So, uh, what's up? How are you? And tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, everything's great. I've been kind of, you know, kind of chasing waves here and there. I just got back from a super fun trip down to Costa Rica with uh, three out of my four kids, and uh, we spent some time in Playa Nasara in Guiones for like, you know, spent like four or five days there. And then one of my buddies who was kind of watching. I've always wanted to go to Pavones, so I've never gone. It's kind of watching the swell and finally pulled the trigger for me. Said, hey, it's going to be good. You should go. So I bolted to Pavonis and we scored it there for three days. And that was like, I, I chase right point breaks. I like to go right. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like my new favorite left now.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's sick. Were you Grom Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, they got, we got such fun waves and it, it wasn't like epic, epic. I mean, I know how good it gets and it goes on for so long, but it was just still so fun and it wasn't that crowded. Um, it was just sick. It's just, it's like just this little, you know, throwback in time at the end of the road in the jungle with a sick That's ass rad. last point break. It's super cool.
0: That's so rad. You guys go down to Baja a Baja bunch, huh?
1: Yep, yep. Did been doing Baja a bunch. Um,
0: was it Kai that was down there with his like Tacoma? I saw that yeah. on his Instagram. Yeah, I he was just there. He was yeah, like,
1: he was just down there in his truck. Um, he actually just flew down. Was it like two weeks ago or ten? Not even that. And flew down to chase waves to Scorpion Bay. And uh, got a lot more weather than waves, but had a good time. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love going down there. I, I mean, right point breaks, no one around, driving on dirt roads. It's just so good.
0: How long were you in Costa Rica
1: for? We were there for about 12 days,
0: 12 day trip. Oh, sick. Do you fish or anything or just? Surf?
1: No, we just surfed. Like it was just, I mean, we the first four or five days was like full on just surf. We had this little villa right by the beach, hang out at the pool. It was my younger kids first time there you know, go to the restaurants and stuff. So it was just like a cruise. It wasn't so much just chasing surf. It was just, and and they had friends too down there. We were with with another, like some of my best friends and their families and stuff. And so we had a bunch of kids and we just hung out, just did whatever. That's rad. Yeah. No schedule, just whatever. That's super
0: sick. Nice, dude. Were you riding a longboard or were you on a shortboard? No,
1: I just took, I took one board with me. I took one, my, my six, smooth operator by a lost by uh, that mayhem. Uh, shapes. is one of his models. I call it like, it's like the old guy model. And um, <laughs> it's it's a 610. It rides a one foot wave to a 10 foot wave. And I just made it easy. One board. That's rad. I've never traveled with just
0: one board, but that sounds like the best thing ever.
1: You know, what? it's so good. We had, we kept it so simple. It's like, I mean, it's super warm. You're just basically wear trunks and a t-shirt. It was like one board, one backpack for each of us. It was easy. Yeah. The way to go no, no fees you're just no just threw all the boards in one bag yep so simple that's so rad yep and i never needed anything else like i, I never wanted another board nothing it was it was easy with all my stuff lately i've been trying to just simplify and not i mean at the days of traveling with like six lawn boards the lawn board comps and stuff it's so hard it's just if you have Dude, like, that's gnarly oh i used to go to places i mean the gnarliest one would have been jeffrey's bay south africa Big longboard. It was the world title comp. I went with. um I had two board bags with I think four longboards in each bag. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Just like not knowing. That's so heavy. Yeah. Just drag. Just big old
0: coffins. Just drag them. Yeah. That's that's horrible. It's yeah. already hard enough for me to like bring guns somewhere.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like two
0: two guns, and I'm like, this is so bad. Like, if if you guys don't know what guns are, that's listening right now. Guns are like big wave big wave surfboards, yep. and they're like nine foot and above yeah like a longboard but
1: they're the size um, of a longboard but way way. heavier usually because they're glass so gnarly and like oh yeah and they're just awkward they don't fit in board bags right and they're so gnarly (laughs) so so you were on the longboard tour yep for how many years oh gosh the world tour like eight 18 years probably from from 1993 is when the longboard thing like popped back up on the radar and like started going crazy and I was a senior in high school and I just jumped into it, and like right off the bat, it worked, went great. And I think the last year was two thousand. My last year competing, like on the WSO, was two thousand twelve. So wow, do the math; it was a long time.
0: <laughs> That's
1: so sick, though. Yeah, was Jeffrey's Bay like one of your favorite spots? Ago? Oh, absolutely. J Bay was like we scored it too. It was it was at the first point. I mean, like the Contents now, the shortboard guys they're up at Super Tubes, which is insane, but yeah. like not for longboarding first point is like Malibu on steroids and we got yeah. it like the finals day was like eight to 10 foot faces. It was ridiculous. Um, and then leading up to the whole event, I mean, it was just, it was like the best surf for a contest ever in the history of the sport of longboarding. It was rad. That's and so I won sick. too. So it worked out good.
0: Yeah. You don't, you have a,
1: didn't you win the world champion? Yeah, I won three times. You won. So you're a three time world champ. Yep. That is so gnarly. Yeah, I won in uh, 99, 01, and 02. Talking to a world champion. Yeah, I and I, like I had it. a bunch of like, you know, thirds and top, like um, right right there for a lot of years, but three, three titles.
0: Was there ever times on tour that you were like, thought you were going to fall off or were you always pretty far up there?
1: No, I was always in. Far up there. Yeah, I was always, yeah.
0: I was like, yeah,
1: no problem. At all. So traveling
0: to J Bay back then was probably even gnarlier because the planes were slower.
1: Oh, it was a, that was back in 2001. We're talking, it was like, it was a freaking haul to get there. But I went, <laughs> I did like a, I did like a two and a half, three week trip there. And I got there before the event and just, it was strictly longboarding, but I had, yeah. I brought short boards and stuff too. So as soon as the contest was over, then I just surf tripped it. And basically we had like a two week run of swell at J Bay. And then, so I just surfed. I just remember making myself, okay, you're just surfing the contest site. You're longboarding, you're, you're getting the, your job out of the way. And then I just surf super tubes on a shortboard for like another 10 days. And it was ridiculous. Dude, That's so fun. I just remember waking up in the morning, like, oh my God, I actually hope it's flat. Cause I'm so exhausted and so sore. And it'd be like, well, it's six foot again. It's six foot. Again. It, it just went on for like two weeks straight. It was crazy. The most sport that's I've annoying. ever had. It was rad.
0: What other spots on the tour were like some of your favorites?
1: Um, I really liked uh, Raglan new zealand was sick new zealand's sick that left raglan's a really good wave for longboarding especially it's a good way yeah. for anything but really good yeah. longboard wave um there was a spot we had a spot in costa rica boca Barranca, another left that just goes on it's just a perfect point i was a point guy like longboards are made for points like yeah i mean i didn't want to like most of us even back then when it was way more progressive longboarding than it is now we weren't like wanting like big you know, six foot closed out beach breaks. I wanted to ride a longboard in like <laughs> shoulder high point break where you could like know, you could do everything that a longboard's supposed to do. And so I was a big, big fan of point break. So it was like J-Bay, Raglan, Malibu, Boca Branca. We had a sick event at, um, down in Cabo at The Rock. And we, and we had yeah. fun waves there. Um, Baritz was super fun for longboarding. France. So sick. You've been, you've been everywhere. How
0: did your Groms get so involved in shortboarding then?
1: Because actually, to tell you the truth, I I shortboard way more than I longboarded. I was trying. Oh, really? All I, I was doing the whole, I was trying to be a pro shortboarder. I was, when I, yeah. my first couple years doing longboarding, like in high school, I was doing the whole like shortboard, bud tour, doing the lower level QSs back then. The I was doing dude. all, I mean, I was, I actually, my big goal was back then was to be the first guy to make the final in longboarding and shortboard and I remember no I, I came close I made the quarters at, in Hawaii I made the quarters in shortboard and then I made the and I lost in the quarters but I made the final on longboard and that's the closest I ever got to be in a dual you know both divisions all my kids they um, I mean I'd say like I mean Kai my oldest boy is he's so good on all forms of wavecraft I'd say um, they grew yeah. up because my whole theory has always been I want to ride what's best for the wave like if you go to go to Malibu and it's 2 foot and you only have a shortboard you're not going to have a very fun time you know so my yeah. my whole thing was if it's if it's a 2 foot point break I want to ride my 100 log and have a have a ball if it's 6 to 8 feet I don't want to ride a longboard it's not meant for that I want to ride a shortboard so the kids kind of grew up with that mentality like their mainly thing is shortboarding of course but they could hop on a longboard and and longboard as well as anybody because they grew up doing that when the time called for it and that's always kind of been yeah. my, been always been my theory
0: and you, you guys live in San Clemente,
1: right? Yeah, we're in San Clemente. So we've got, you know, we got trestles right here. We got San Onofre. I mean, we've got spots that, I mean, trestles when it's small, like small and no crowds come wintertime. It's so fun for longboarding because you could ride, you're down there. Yeah, it might be waist high, but you're like by yourself surfing perfect little waves. Yeah. I'm all about that.
0: Do you fish a bunch too? Or are you like mostly just
1: surfing? I don't really. I really enjoy fishing. Um, I really yeah. enjoy fishing with people that are actually good to like take me out and put me on fish. But unfortunately, yes. like when, when I go with just me, like, or just me and the kids, my, my son, Dax, my second oldest, he's really into fishing, but I call yeah. it when I just go, it's more like casting. You know, I don't really catch fish. I just cast the whole time, but um, I really enjoy it for sure. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, Super absolutely.
0: Fun. So you obviously were traveling a bunch on tour. How often were you home? Were you like just on the road throughout the year?
1: I would say from, from 93 to like 2006, lawnboarding was in its heyday. We had yeah tons of events, tons of traveling, like big money events all over the place. And I was gone a lot. I was traveling a lot. I, I remember like gnarly trips where I'd be, I'd have to go to Tokyo for like a sponsor commitment at like a trade show in, to- in Japan and in Tokyo. And then I'd fly home And like, just literally grab my board bags and get a clean bag of clothes and be on a flight to, to Indo the next day. Like gnarly, just like, but back in the day where you like, couldn't, it would have been so much easier to just go from Japan straight to, straight to Bali. Like it's so easy because you're there, but it's like the way tickets worked and I had to go get certain boards. I'd just be like, okay, forget it. Just, just fly home, get what I need and then go. But stuff like that, like gnarly, gnarly turnarounds, you know, um. Those are always the most fun. Oh, absolutely. And Doing like, like early days, like mental wise, when there wasn't crowds, I remember like, yeah, I got like strung out on the mental wise. It was going there. And I, just, I remember doing like a month straight where I'd, you know, go out on like a 10 day boat trip with a crew, come in, have one night in the hotel, go back out with another 10 day trip and then fly home because I had to get to a contest somewhere. It was, it was gnarly, but I mean, insane chasing surf and having fun.
0: That's so sick. Like for free surf spots, yeah. what besides those boat trips, like what spots did you really enjoy going to?
1: Um yeah, Indo was always a free surf spot or like a photo trip type thing. I, I loved I loved Mentwise, I love Telos. I always my my biggest, closest, dearest thing to my heart of just traveling to surfing's Baja. It has been since I was a little kid. It's so fun. I absolutely love I love to drive. I love to be able to bring because when you fly, I can't take my like eleven oh glider on a plane. But when you drive, I can drive through Baja and bring 12 boards with me from an eleven yeah. O glider to my 510 fish, sups, yeah. whatever. So I've always, always, even though I've gone to all these radical, exotic, expensive as can be places, like my just like first choice if I could just like do whatever I want is just throw a bunch of things in my truck and just go roam point breaks in Baja.
0: And Baja is just so secluded. Like, the places that you can go to in Baja and see no one out. Absolutely. It's so sick. Yeah. Like you go travel anywhere in the world and like, especially in now, like it's psycho, Proudy. you know that like when you're traveling there, you're knowing that you're going to go surf with a crowd like lowers.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like it, it's really so hard early. for me to, to get on planes and fly, you know, 30 hours somewhere to go surf with 65 aggro people I could just ride my bike to Lowers from my house and do the same thing on any given day. So it's like, that's not what I'm chasing anymore at all.
0: Do you have any like crazy Baja stories?
1: Uh, Nothing, nothing crazy. It's, it's always been so good. Uh, The most hectic, well, not hectic, just the most, the first time a wrench got thrown into things was a trip. It was just me and my daughter actually in like late June, we drove down with Kai, we drove to Loretta with Kai, kind of carpool with Kai. Then he continued on to Cabo to go East yep. Cape for, for two weeks. It was like his senior trip, um, go down there with friends and stuff. And then me and my daughter, oh, So this it, is recent, recent. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah end of June, like June a couple months ago. Yeah. And, um, so me and my daughter went to Scorbing Bay and it was, it was right when it Scorbing kind of just reopened again because they've been closing, closing town down with COVID stuff, you know, and, um, we rolled there and we, we had like a week trip in Scorpion. It was small, but super fun surfing third by ourselves, you know, fourth, I was riding my glider a lot. Just really really fun, and then we coming home, um, and it was just me and her, and then Gonzaga Bay, kind of in the middle of nowhere. My transmission blew on the van. Yeah, the van. Yeah, the transmission conked oh, out. No way, like, just like that, out of the blue. No way. So I ended up after it was great. I, I it, it worked out perfect. Everything was fine. It was an awesome learning experience for for my daughter. Like just shit happens when you travel. Figure it out, deal yeah. with it. And she took it like a champ. And I ended up after a day. At like on the phone and haggling, having people help me with broken Spanish and their broken English, and and we ended up having a guy drive out from San Felipe, like hundred mile, hundred miles, flat towed me with my tow strap all the way back to San Felipe. Took the van and then put a new transmission in it. Three days later, I was driving home. What did they charge you for new training? It was uh, what was it was twenty uh, one twenty one hundred bucks with the no tow way. and everything, which is less than half the price here. Dude, that is so sick. So it worked out perfect. It was it was to wow. be exact. It was like sixteen fifty and five hundred bucks for the tow for the day of towing me back and forth.
0: That's unreal. So
1: twenty one fifty and yeah, it's all day long here. $5,500, $6,500, especially for a big car yeah. like that. So let's hope uh, it. Uh, I always think about that. It, it'll probably go for the, the the life of the van. It'll be just fine now.
0: That's so sick. Yeah,
1: it was cool. It worked out good.
0: I gotta ask you. So getting off tour. I know you still travel a bunch, but yeah. getting off tour. Um, was it kind of a gnarly wake up call to not travel so much? Like, how did you adjust to it?
1: So for me, it kind of happened. Thank God I did do it because I could have still been longboarding was going. It was going downhill. Or we had no events. We had no mag. The magazine quit. Like it just started to lose its steam, and that was in like 2010. And that's right when stand up paddling started going nuts. Like stand up paddle was like going crazy and i just remember my one of my longtime sponsors rainbow sandals the owner of rainbow yeah. sparky he did the big battle of the paddle big paddle race in dana point and um his first one he did was 2009 and he i remember him telling me at dinner when i say hey, colin the, the whole longboard thing like there's no more events like it's it's going it's not like it was and i said i agree he said you got to jump on board with the stand-up thing it's going to go crazy so I I started doing it like everybody did and actually really, I mean, I went fanatic for it. I went crazy. It's all I wanted to do, like something new to learn. So I pretty much left the dying, already dead lawn board tour and just transitioned right over to the SUP thing. And we had a full-blown world tour SUP contest all over the world. So I just went right from what I was doing continued it but was with a paddle in my hand
0: you already knew how to ride a long absolutely. board absolutely like- oh
1: absolutely it was the it was and it was so fun because it was something new and it was like and the, tr- the 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 sup thing just went like through the roof for like eight nine years and then and then it no crashed way. and died but i mean we were i was going to sick ass sup surfing events in morocco france australia like all over the place like it was way better than the last years of longboarding, but I was just doing it on a sup. It was perfect. Dude, that's so sick. And it was all on my own terms. Like I didn't like fall off the longboard tour. I just decided it was actually one of those ones. It was um, our last event. The last event I surfed was in, it was either at Makaha or in the Maldives. One of the two, I forget. But then the next year it was like tentative. It went down to one event for the world title, just one contest. And wow. it was tentative if it was going to happen or not. And then it came up like last minute. Okay, we're going to do one event. And it was in China, like like one, one event in in somewhere in China. And I'm like, I don't want to go there. Like, I don't want to go. It was a pain for travel, like going through everything. So I just decided like, I'm not going. Like, I, I'm not going to go. So when I didn't go to that one event, that's when I, when I didn't requalify. Because it was, you do the event, you requalify. You don't do the event, you're off. And then yeah. that was it. But you
0: were you were like pretty much on the path to retiring off the longboard tour. At the-
1: I was done. Yeah, I was I was off because there was no more. There was nothing more, and like so there was. It was getting really hard to make money on the longboard side. I jumped ship to stand up, and I'm everything went great.
0: So you had? Did you have kids when you were on tour? 2012, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. My,
1: my first son was born. Actually, it's a it's a funny. It was it was all over the it, back then. It was called the ASP. Now it's the um, yeah. WSL, but it was all over their website, this and that back then. But he was actually born when I won my third world title. I clinched it in wow. Cabo and he ended up coming he ended up being, he came ten days early. So I thought we had it all planned out perfectly. I was gonna do the last event, <laughs> come home. So he ended up being born while the last event was going on. And then um, I finished the event and it came down to the the final was man on man, me against me and Bonga Perkins, a friend of mine from Hawaii. And we were um, we were actually tied at the time. So it came down to the final. Whoever beat who won the title. So it was like wow. gnarly nerve wracking. Just had my first kid. And um, I, I, I you know, I, I won the contest and then flew right home. And it, were, it was like Cinderella story. It worked out perfect.
0: That's so rad. Did your Groms travel with you when you are on tour?
1: Um, a little bit, yeah. C- certain events. But lots of places I was going when they were really young. It was like, you know, I was doing, it was work. You know, I was going there to make money. Yep to keep sponsors happy it was like work so the events that they could come to like traveling that was conducive for that absolutely but then some the ones that i'm like hardcore super far yeah no they didn't go
0: yeah probably a pretty big mission to bring the drums and the family and everything well yeah
1: too when you're when you're going you start bringing you know a family of four to a contest in you know in in brits france and you're going there <laughs> yeah. to hopefully maybe win you know the first place was only like four grand you bring the family of four you're going to spend 10 grand just going so it's kind of yeah. like if you're going there to make money it it didn't really pencil out in the younger years yeah. but but we had a lot of that's, a lot of rad trips
0: that's so rad though that they got to grow up with that and still get to grow up with that and oh absolutely i'm stoked they've
1: got the they've kind of all got the they're they're open super open-minded traveling they travel really good like they're they, they yeah. know just like stuff happens. You got to roll with it. And that's like, I think that's some of the biggest things with traveling is if you're just like, just too worried and freaked out this and that, like stuff just happens. You just got to roll with it. Like don't yeah. even have things planned too much. Just, just roll with the punches and see what happens. And if if you're open to that, it makes it so much more fun.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I've had some crazy gnarly stuff happen and it's just like, okay, whatever. Totally. I'm still here. So yeah, you just got to keep going with it. Where in the world have you not been that you want to go to? Um, and even not surfing, just to go travel, just there.
1: to go. Um, probably play. Well, p- probably places in Europe like Italy. God, I don't know. That's kind of a.
0: Any like surf spots?
1: Um, I, I know there's some because I, I look in the Surfer Journal and it's just like, dude, I want to go there. I want to go there. I'm just there's just not popping in my head right now because I've, I've I have surfed a lot of places and gone to a lot of rad spots. But yeah, I mean, basically, I watch like these right point ways that Michael February surfs in like different parts of Africa. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I want to go. I to surf. know exactly what you're talking I about. I want to go surf those spots. I it's, don't know where they are. I don't even know the names of them, but I'm just watching yeah. these like dreamy little rights running along a beach with like boats. And he's getting tubed. He's the only one on the water. It's like, OK, yeah, there's one I want to go to. But I don't even I want to I, go to Namibia. Yeah. Stuff. Well, yeah, you're a goofy footer. So
0: that place is psycho.
1: Yeah. But there's so much but, open exploration and places to surf. Oh, still, yeah. It's just it's not even not even tapped that,
0: out. Back on the conversation of Mexico. That's what's cool about Mexico. Like, even though you've been down there so many times, there's still so many spots you probably haven't been to that you've heard about or haven't explored. Oh, absolutely. You can just go and do that.
1: Yep. Absolutely it's for so sure. Sick. What I really want to do because I've done Baja so much, I really I've never I've done mainland, but always flying. I really want to drive down, take the ferry out across in La Paz, and then roam the mainland side. But you know, not flying in a car with all your stuff and camping out. I really want to. That's like yep. a bucket list. One of these days. Yeah, I re, I met yeah, a, met, met some people when we were just at Pavonis. They were from the South Bay, and they were there. They had the, a bitch and forerunner, rooftop tent set up and they were doing a, um, a five month trip and they kind of bolted down like pretty quick. Like didn't stop to really enjoy <laughs> everything. It took them about a month. To, they spent about a month to get to Costa Rica and they're going to hang for a bit. And they're going to do like four months going home and really spend time at all their favorite places. And I'm like, hey, that's what I want to do. Something like that.
0: Yeah. That's sick. Someday. I love that. Someday. I want to build out like a super sick truck and just go live.
1: Oh, absolutely. You see all these like overland rigs now that people are doing like, it's so, sick. so bitching what people are building. I love it. Just takes a fat wallet. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. Ah,
0: no. You need, like income just coming in at all times. Something, something. Like happened. Win the lotto or something. Yeah. Right. What? Um. Have you surfed a lot of cold water spots?
1: Uh, a little bit. I mean, I I did a trip to Canada way back in the day, which was rad. I really oh to, sick to Nitka Island up there. It was it was like actually it was one of the gnarliest travel date like. I could have made it to the Mentawai's faster than there, even though the flight to get there was like three hours. But there were so many like, "Hey, drive here, take a ferry, get off the ferry, yeah. get a boat right here, get dropped off at some logging like village, and then get picked up by another boat." It was gnarly. It took me like forty hours to get there, but it was rad. We surfed some bitchin' places. It was cold. Um, South Africa Five was cold. Or but six but it, or- yeah, I was wearing like. I was wearing like five four three probably you know type thing. Yeah. Um, I I hate booties to surf it, but I was wearing booties on like boat rides and ski rides. But then I take my booties off to surf. I was wearing gloves. Really? Yeah, I can't wear booties. You can't logboard in booties. booties. It's really hard because you. Yeah, I was there doing this TV show with Ira Opper. It was some like ESPN or something. I don't know. It was a long time ago, but um, it's just really hard to longboard in booties because you you want to walk the board. And the booties stick to the wax so good, you, yeah. you feel like you've got like lead shoes, like cement feet. You can't move. Yeah. So yeah. I would just like forget it, just lose the booties. I want to go surf uh, Lake Michigan. I've surfed Lake Michigan. Have you really? I did a movie surf- longboarding there called Unsalted. Um, back Dude. in like, gosh, I don't know how long it was, two thousand four, two thousand five, or something. How gnarly is that place? It's it's insane. I actually surfed. I showed up. And talk about another place It's cold. Yes, it, it gets very cold there. Yes, but freezing. we surfed. Um, I was in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, for a couple of days, and then all of a sudden, this gnarly storm's hitting. So we went to the, they call it the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Lake Michigan. We drove yep. like all night through the gnarliest storm, and like, oh, it's going to be on tomorrow, because that's how it makes waves. Obviously, just wind and storm. We get yep. there the next morning. It's like oil glass, not a drop of wind. We're surfing this like little right point break that reminded me of surfing like small uppers. Super fun. And um, we surfed it all day long because as the day, it started out obviously bigger. As the day went on, because there's no wind, the waves just kept dropping and dropping. And we just surfed it till it was gone. But it was radical. we were like surfing. The forest went onto the water. You'd get this long, long right and you'd walk back up the point. And it was like, I was just waiting for like a bear to come out of the forest or something because you're just like in the wilderness. <laughs> but it was beautiful. Really cool. So when you're surfing,
0: is it super choppy or is it? Is it? No, like it, this down? one
1: wasn't because the the outer waters were windy. But you know, like when you're yeah. surfing, like a right, uh, like a point break, the f- the yep. first wave smooths out the next wave behind it. So you yep. see so when the sets would, it was still weird, even though it was it was you know wind waves. There would still be sets. There'd still be bigger waves, and there'd still be you know a couple sets, and then a break. And it was always like yeah. get the second or third wave of the set, and it was smooth. So it was kind of weird. Sick yeah it, it was really odd but it was super fun it's like a bucket list thing
0: what about like the buoyancy of your board is it like different
1: you know i I, I brought an epoxy for that reason because i've always been told like fresh water epoxies have a little bit more float so it makes it feel more normal and i couldn't yeah. tell it, i don't know yeah it's just like i mean i've surfed slater's wave pool fr- fresh water i rode epoxies i rode pus it didn't matter they both felt the same to me Both the same thing yeah
0: that same thing with me at like waco and stuff yeah I felt the exact same. I read Paulie's. I read.
1: I mean, at Slater's, all you want to do is park yourself in the tube for 40 seconds. So it's like, it doesn't matter what you're on.
0: When did you go there?
1: I was, I went there like two years ago, not last October, the year before. Yeah, I was super sick. Um, A good friend of mine out of New York, Pasco, um, it was his birthday. We went there for his birthday and um, it was super, it was just eight of us. It was rad. So it was the minimum amount of people you could have for the pool. All day long, eight of us. I got. I think I did four hours straight with before I even got out. It was wow, un, unreal. I mean, I've it's a fake wave, and I say, yeah, it's, it's fake. People have their arguments about it, whatever. It's such man-made perfection. It's not even funny. It was like the greatest day of surfing of my life.
0: That is so sick. all day long. Were you just
1: tripping the whole day. It was it was unbelievable, unbelievable. I broke a board there. I broke really? a board in half there. Oh, yeah. I've heard, I've heard it's Dude, super it's powerful. Gnarly. Like I, I got, I left the day I was had like, ble- I had like cut feet, broken board. I only didn't make like a couple, a couple waves. ways. I didn't make, make it out of the tube and my board broke on one of them. And I freaking got bloody feet on the next hitting the, it's just cement bottom and it's super shallow. Dude, that's sick. And the other thing that's crazy is when you're there in person, like I remember getting there the evening before, cause we stayed there and, and Kai came with me. Right? So Kai got to come. He was super, he scored. It was so rad, but we ran there. Corona was doing like a private party so the lady's like, oh, you yeah. guys can't really go to the pool, but you can take a look. You have never been here. they have never been. So we ran up to the wall and I got there. I was just like, oh, my God. It's like double the size in person. I'm like, hey, what is this? Did they crank the wave up or something? And she's like, everybody says that. When you watch it on TV, it looks smaller. You get there in person and it's like, wow, it's way bigger. It was weird. I wonder if the cameras are like up high. I don't know what the deal is, but I mean- I was watching my son standing up like on the on like the inside the, the tube where it gets a little bit bigger. He's he's like freaking six two and he was like pretty up there in the tube, like not all squatted yeah. down. So it's it it has some size to it. I don't know. It, it was insane. It, I would if I was a, a billionaire, I'd book it out like every two weeks just Can't to wait. go surf. <laughs> That's I mean so weekly. Fun, dude. One day a week. I mean if you had like if you could do it, it is I mean, you could hop on a plane and get on a boat and like go to the Mentwise and and hope you're going to get like ten really good tubes. You might get skunked, you might not. You can go to Slater's Wave yeah. Ranch and get tubes for forty seconds on every wave. Yeah, I mean it's pretty rad. You if you're listening to this, it's pretty rad. Tell you if you're listening to this, bring us back. I'm pumping. I, I'm giving you. <laughs> yeah, bring me back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so sick. Hey, when you're when you're not surfing, what are you up to? What kind of hobbies do you have?
1: Um full carton kids around doing the whole family thing kids are bu- yeah. like, busyness man it's like you know non-stop busyness i really like like my out of the out of the water not surfing exercising i really like to take a prone paddleboard out and go paddle yeah. um i really like taking my my big 14 foot race up that i used to like race on now just like just take it out and paddle um i really enjoy it i really enjoy going freaking way out there and just cruising in the ocean so did
0: you used to race a bunch?
1: Yeah, I do. When I, when I, um when I left the longboard tour and got into SUP, my main yeah. forte was, I, was, was wave riding, SUP surfing, but the race yep. scene was going kook, like going crazy. I got into full blown, like racing for, I don't know, five years, probably my, my first wow. couple years, I was actually like, I mean, I won a professional race. I, I beat what? I, yeah. I was like. I was. Dude, bidding, I didn't know this. Yeah, that's I was so doing. Sick. What's funny is I was doing really. I was like top racer when like Connor Baxter was a little kid, just starting. No way. Then those little kids, three years later, were now fifteen years old and sixteen years old, kicking all of yeah. our old guys' ass, and that's when I stopped racing. Dude. Yeah. That's kind of gnarly. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But I didn't like. I I didn't really train. I mean, I surfed like crazy. I'd go out and paddle. I wasn't like. I did really good for a couple of years until we got all these guys started coming into the sport that were like full blown athletes from like different sports that trained really hard, like full gym guys, this and that. And those guys started beating guys like me who I did. My whole thing was like, I just surfed, I didn't train and it worked out for some years. And then everybody that were full racers and and training came in and then I started losing And then it, it started to be not so much fun when, when you'd get like 16th, and the race would kick your ass. It wasn't as yeah. much fun, but it was fun when you were like battling out for like top three. I enjoyed I think it's it so
0: funny. Like all of us surfers, we just like, yeah, we don't really train. Like I'll go to the gym every once in a while and train with my trainer, but yeah, I'm probably in there like once a month. Yeah, I talked to Connor Baxter recently on here. Oh, gnarly! He like, yeah, I tra- train every day. Yeah, twice, three times a day. I'm like, dude, this is why Connor and Kyle Lenny and all these guys are top professional athletes absolutely train every
1: single day they're not the category like when i was growing up like pro surfing in like the late 80s through there was no training there was no coaches there was no gyms i mean in the 80s surfers were rock stars they just went they just partied their asses off went around the world and and that was a professional surfer that's why they all retired by like by like 28 they were done like we're talking like back in the 80s i mean like no one made it to 30 nowadays like you're not even peaking till you're 30 you know, and, um, but yeah, so it was totally different. So it's just the way, but but I mean, yeah, I was just in hood river, Oregon for a a salt life sponsored event at the gorge. It was rad. I went up and Connor was there and he's a full blown athlete. He kicked everybody's butt. There was no one close. He smoked the whole field. And I look at him. It's like, dude, he's in shape. He looks, he's gnarly. You, it it takes a lot of work to to get yourself where he's at. And yeah, it's, it's insane. It's it's bitching to see the dedication that young guys have to, to do it, but you have to if you want to win in the racing world. Like he's that's his thing. You've got to be in gnarly shape.
0: Yeah, and there's always going to be somebody ahead of you. Totally. No matter what, doesn't matter if you're Kelly Slater. There's always going to be somebody that's going to beat you. Like absolutely. Always the dedication and the effort you put in. Yep. And those guys have it.
1: Oh, full definitely on have it full on. What uh? What boards do you ride? So you're riding loss. I've got some short boards that um, Matt yeah. made me, and I've got a few like super – like like this mid-length he, um, he called the smooth operator. It's like my yeah. favorite go-to board, you know. I have it in a 610, and it, it's just – it rides big point breaks good. It rides one-foot waves good. It's just fun. Some twin – like the California twin model he makes. I call it his old guy models. I was like, yeah. you know, he, I was his old guy model tester and, and we got to ride, I love that. That's you know, so it's bitching his, his old guy models. And then I'm also working with, with, uh, i work with Surftech. I pretty much ride everything they make, which I've been working with them now for about two years where, um, I do a lot of like video reviews and photo shoots, this and that and all, cause they make everything fo- from foil boards to sups, to lawn boards, to fishes and all these different board manufacturers, like I'm riding, like I got Channel Islands, I've got Sharp Eyes, I've got Stewart's, Walden's, yeah. Donald Takayama's, I got all these different boards that are all under their logo. And I so I've yeah. got a garage full of those that I've been really having fun on. Jerry Lopez boards, I've got like, my three go-to boards are, are Jerry Lopez boards. They're insane. I've got this 6'4 model, he calls it the Squirty. It's a 6'4 and it's like, dude, the board just goes so fast, turns so, it's just a fun board to ride. Just user friendly, like everything's user friendly, and fun boards are the best. And I've been like really into, you know, I've got a, I've that's like my main quiver, you know, it's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, fun fun quivers are the best. Yeah, I just especially where we live.
1: Absolutely, my my thing now. If the board goes really fast, catches waves easy, (laughs) it's good because that's I just like to go fast, make sections at point breaks and do roundhouse cutbacks. That's my thing. So, kai rides lost too, right? Guys, yeah, he he was riding lots of boards for Matt for for a while. And then um, for about the last year, he's actually, he's been riding exclusively Timmy Patterson. Oh, nice. Yeah, and what's a funny story with, so Timmy, when I was a kid, made all my boards. When I was way back when, when I was a kid, Timmy shaped for Hobie. And Timmy was making, he was my shaper at Hobie. I was riding Hobie boards. Timmy was my shaper. Probably in like 1990 or 1989, 1990, Timmy left Toby, went on his own, Timmy Patterson. I left, yep. I left with Timmy and just rode Timmy's under his logo, same logo now, back in like 89 probably. He made my boards all through high school. When I started doing the lawn, my, my first lawn board was made by him. And, wow. then, and then I ended up, and I, I, I switched and ended up through all my lawn board career, went to Bill Stewart, Stewart Stewart lawn Boards and rode Stewart's. But um, Timmy still has a template up in his room. His shaping room with my name on it, one of his, his like lumber templates, still now. So it's pretty rad. So I grew up as a kid with there, and then now my kids, you know, in there working with them. So it's pretty cool. That's so sick. Yeah. So he's having fun.
0: Are all of your groms into contest and stuff?
1: Or? um, they all are except my youngest boy, steel. He's like, yeah. he's super into baseball. It's rad. He's he's a great little ball player. He surfs. I mean, he does everything, but he doesn't has no interest in competing in surf contests. Um <laughs> He doesn't have any interest in even surfing at home when the waves are bad and it's crowded, but you take yeah. him to like Scorpion Bay and the kid freaking surfs for eight hours straight. Or, or you go down to the East Cape and he, he won't get out of the water. And I'm like, dude, and he says, well, dad it's like, it's a perfect wave with no crowd. I'm like, well, yeah, no kidding. I understand that. I, I get it. Trust yeah. me. I, I would want to surf a perfect right all day long by myself too every day. But it's pretty funny. Like we we, his name's steel and we call him like steel Monico. eco You know, we got little nicknames because we go there and he's just like a surfing maniac and rips. That's so what's crazy. It's like, dude, you've got like the most natural talent. I'm like, your siblings work really hard at at where they've gotten. And you just like go out and it's like, you're just naturally good. Like, I've always wondered, like, if you actually gave it a go, what would happen? But it's just cool. I I could care less. I just want if if they go surf with me and want to go surf with me, like, that's all I care about.
0: It's rad. rad.
1: Yeah. Don't even matter.
0: I love that. How'd you end up getting involved with Salt Life?
1: Um, I got involved with Salt Life, gosh, way back. I mean, it's been I mean, it's been like 10 years, probably 12 years. Yeah. Um, a really good friend of mine, Chris Wagaman, was um working sales rep for Salt Life. And it we're talking back. I mean, Salt Life was was around, but it was before it branched to the the West Coast, anything like that. And I was at a trade show in um in Florida and I saw him all of a sudden, and he said, Hey, c- come in here real quick. And it was funny because I told him I I checked the checked it out and stuff and I said, dude, the name is so rad. It's like everything salt life. It's like everything in the water. It just represents yeah. ocean fun, and my whole thing was ocean fun. Any way to ride a wave was my like whole thing. I don't care shortboard. I don't care like people say oh, a kook supper. Like oh, forget you. You know, obviously you don't have fun riding waves because it's fun as shit to ride a sup on. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so it, it, it totally is fun. It's fun to ride a twelve foot longboard. It's fun to ride a fish. It's fun to ride, and it's fun to ride a soft top, like who cares, yeah, you're riding I was wave. just
0: gonna say, foamy. So
1: I've I'm, I'm always been about that, and then like Salt Life's like, the, I, I looked at it way back when, it's the same thing. They're all about, you know, they're not just one thing, it's just about playing in the water, whether it's with a fishing pole, a kayak, a surfboard, a spear gun, yeah. whatever. So I bumped into him and we just like, oh, I walked in the booth, I met Jeff, and it was just like, boom, it was just like, dude, this perfect, wow. You guys are yeah. just starting. It's just timing. And we've been d- working together ever since.
0: That's so sick. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. That's like, it's so funny because everybody's story is so similar. Yeah. We're just like all like frothing on the ocean and stuff. And then absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. Like the ocean, no matter how you're, what you're doing in it, it, it should just put a smile on your face. Like yeah. easy. Whether you're casting a pole or paddling out a board or putting your foil on your board, you're going to go foil, one foot mush. It's just like you leave grinning. That's what it's supposed to yeah. do. You have any trips coming up? Um, no, not, not at the moment. Probably. Um, I usually always go to Fiji come like end of October through November. I work over doing private, um, private coaching at Kalama camp with Dave Kalama. Um, and it's, it's canceled again this year because, because uh-huh. Fiji's still shut down. So that's yeah. f- officially canceled. So I'll probably do some stuff down the East Cape. That's the next thing yep. on the radar, um, come October watching some of these hurricanes hitting though. It's making me really want to jump in my car and start heading South, but, uh, I, I just want to join you. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, yeah, I've been watching. Kai's got to go. He chased that last one, but the next thing probably in the books will be down to the East Cape for sure. Right, yeah, dude. Well, Hey, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Super fun. I'm, talking I'm stoked for hours, but
0: I'm stoked to chat with you. I'm going to get, uh, get Cameron on here in a little bit. Okay. Go from there. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we got to get the Groms on here, dude. I'll get Kai to get on here. Yeah, let's do it. I'll get the, get the family the, on here. So. They're
1: next. You could you could do it. It'd be funny. Like maybe do them each separately, and then maybe a little one with them all together, and see what dude, they see how they vibe off each other. Hey, you you already got the mic there, so I, you know what we could do it before I yeah. Let's do it for sure. Cool.
0: All, all right. right, Rad. Well, thanks thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. Stay salty. Phew.